0: This is the Teaching and Learning Podcast from the Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation at Lethbridge College in Southern Alberta, Canada. Located on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy, it is the intent of our college community to honour the land from a place of connection and provide an avenue for us all to come together in a holistic way to share stories and learn from each other. Tune in hit play, and get inspired as guests share their stories and ideas on the dynamic, ever-changing landscape of education, teaching, and learning. I am Donna McLaughlin, a learning experience designer in the Centre for Teaching, Learning, and Innovation at Lethbridge College, and I am the host of the Teaching and Learning podcast. Welcome to episode number 19 of The Little Pod. Our guests today are Sheldon Anderson and Joshua Hill both of whom work at Lethbridge College. Sheldon is the Dean for the Centre for Trades, and Joshua is an Instructor for Electrical Apprenticeship. And we'll be talking about how the trades industry is championing lifelong learning in the community. Welcome to both Sheldon and Joshua.
1: Hi, Donna. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. Hello, Donna.
0: Glad you could join us. Hi, Josh.
2: (laughs) Thanks for having us.
0: Glad you could make it. So I wanted to start off by mentioning an article that I recently read on the LC Campus News and it was a blog about Lethbridge College extension and the Blood Tribe employment and skills training, um, running real world skill development for students from the Blood Tribe. And um, one of those was an introduction to the trades and construction program. So I'm wondering Sheldon, if you can talk a little bit about this collaboration.
1: Uh, yes, I can. Uh, LC Extension is is a great way for the community to get involved in educational training. Uh, we have worked with them and other organizations like Women Building Futures uh, to um, broaden uh, people's mindset on what trades really are and to give them a, a good understanding of what a trade could be and how it can affect their life. Uh, both of these have been great success and have helped people uh, determine a career path that can uh, provide for themselves, their family and be productive members of society uh, way beyond what they imagined it could be. What it takes is someone to have an interest in the trade uh, and then they go through a pretty rigorous uh, onboarding, Uh, especially women building futures. They have to go through a interview process. They have to determine uh, that they can uh, fulfill the whole program and meet all the needs of the program. What this really does is uh, provides them what work will be like and give them insight to um, a day in the life of a tradesperson to see what that would be. Uh, So they are quite determined individuals who decide to get into these programs. They're investing quite a bit of time. So we know that they are the type of people that uh, are going to be successful. So when working with these uh, two groups uh, specifically, we know that they... uh, they're vetting their individuals and they're getting the best ones uh, lined up to have the greatest chance for success. So it's been a great partnership with both of those. And we have actually had wait lists to get into those programs. They, they have a lot of applicants and they they take the best applicants and uh, get them into the program so they can learn a lot more about uh, the trades.
0: And when they're finished, those programs, are they coming out And taking further trades at the college, or are they going directly into employment?
1: Uh, So a little bit of both. Uh, So women building futures have a few different options within their uh, portfolio. So some are directed directly to get them into uh, a field and get them employed. And uh, B-Test, they were able to write um, their first year exam of the different uh, construction trade they were in. So that that would give them a head start getting to the getting into an apprenticeship uh, where they have an employer that will work with them to get them the rest of their technical training. So it's the first step of getting them into uh, into a trade.
0: That sounds like both uh, really fantastic opportunities. And and so is the fit with lifelong learning that many of the people coming into both of the programs um, they're not necessarily coming straight out of high school.
1: No, the majority of them are are mature learners, and they're looking for another career path, uh, one that is sustainable and a little higher paying than what they've been currently doing. Uh, The nice thing about uh, trades, we we get people from every age group, right from straight out of high school, all the way up to, uh, we've had, I think the oldest one I can recall, and I could be wrong on this. He was uh, in his early 60s that was wanting to trade, uh, get a trade so he could... uh, better provide for his family after a life of uh, work where he was on again, off again, uh, always uh, working hard and then getting laid off for long-term. So uh, the trades provided them the stability that he was looking for. So when I mean lifelong, it you can start at any time, but you can also evolve within it. The The trades are never stagnant. They're always changing. If, you, if I use an example of a car, if you think what uh, the first car in 1986 was the first one that really had a computer, even that computer was more than what uh, the first... Uh, Uh, Apollo that landed on the moon, it had more computing power and, and the things that have changed from then to now, where we have self-driving cars, electric collision avoidance, uh, we have to worry about the Wi-Fi inside the car and the gaming systems, let alone the the normal operating things. So it's always changing in every trade.
0: So then that allows for more opportunity, I guess, for people um, with the direction maybe that they want to go with their education.
1: Uh, Yes. It, it, it's wide, uh, so people can go straight into more computing, more uh, engineering side of a trade as well, where they're where they're helping build the next new thing, uh, and right up to fixing. The very interesting thing about the trades was, even through the pandemic, we realized the importance of trades. Uh, they were deemed essential services. Nobody could go very long without a trade uh, being involved in one aspect of their life or another. Uh, so. When the world was shut down, the trades kept going and and we found the even more importance of having the trades uh, career and trades background. So we've seen lots of people transitioning from other careers into trades also because of the entrepreneurial spirit that some people have Uh, more entrepreneurs in Alberta come from the trades than any other type of education. And uh, if you think about it, what does it take for a trade to become his own, uh, to become their own boss? Uh, it does take some lot of work ethic and it takes some business sense. But they can also start up with when they're done school, they can go right into their own business. That's
0: really fantastic, and and I think we're also seeing um, the importance of the trades with some of the things that are going on BC in BC right now as well.
1: Uh, yes, if you don't have people to fix the roads and to and to. Uh, help uh get all the logistics going it'll be a even longer time so no for sure you can see the importance of that and, and the trades open up so many more avenues for you uh we have uh recruiters coming for trades people to, to get into law enforcement even because they know they have a, a background in dealing with people and maybe not in the best circumstances nobody's uh usually super happy to see a tradesperson because maybe their toilet's backed up or their car's broken down or or, or the wiring's going funny in their house um, or whatever aspect you're looking at. So as a tradesperson, you, you also learn how to deal with people in uh, their time of need and in their maybe not their happiest times. And so they know when you get that background and you get uh, good at dealing with people that you can transfer your skills into a lot of different careers.
0: That's great. I hadn't even thought of, uh, hadn't, hadn't even thought of that, but that's a really great point. Um, Josh, I want to come back over to you because I understand you have um, a bit of a story to tell as far as how uh, trades and lifelong learning have impacted uh, your story.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So my story Um, I don't think it's super unique, but uh, for me, it's really fun. So I started in the trade as an electrician in 2007, and I was only planning on working for two weeks uh, for this company. And so I thought, two weeks, this is going to be great. I'll make some money, and then I'll go do something else. Uh, That two weeks turned into six years um, uh, for that particular company. And what was really neat is it allowed me to have some flexibility Um, with that company. I I worked the summer and then said, Hey, I'm going to go for a diploma in psychology. And they said, sure. um, You want to work for us part-time? And I said, that would be great. So then I was able to work part-time and go to school. And then that progressed into me wanting to uh, get a ticket in the trade. uh, And then Uh, But once again, flip-flopping semesters between psychology and electrical back and forth, back and forth. And I did that for five years. Uh, And then I finally said, okay, I'm going to go full-time into the trade. And when I was doing that, um, like Sheldon was talking about, there's a lot of movement and flexibility, especially in the electrical trade. Um, I started out in residential and then moved on to some farm wiring. So that's pivots and other such things. And, and then, was able to progress to commercial. Um, I got fiber optic certified, which is another training certificate on top of it. So just adding more and more to that electrical training was super fun. And then I decided, you know what, I want to go back into psychology. <laughs> and so I, I jumped the ship and, or at least I thought I jumped the ship. Um, I went to, got a, a degree in psychology. And while I was doing that, I found a job teaching. In the electrical department, uh, two different colleges uh, around Vancouver. So once again, just fulfilling that, that dream of being able to, to share what I already have learned in the trade. Um, and then now uh, teaching at the college here, I'm completing my masters in psychology at the U of L. So once again, flip-flopping <laughs> semesters and and still working through the the psychology electrical experience of of life, but one thing that's really neat or one that that I've gleaned from from trades in particular is the that hands-on and practical experience that I've gained has actually fostered better comprehension and retention of the things that I've learned in psychology. Uh, I've got those practical experiences to go off of like Sheldon was talking about. We do and, and help people in times that they're not always happy to see you. Cause they're for me, I work on furnaces. It's cold. It's minus 30 and your furnace broke down. Yeah. I show up You're not going to be happy. (laughs) You might be happy to see me and hopefully I fix it. But that's, that's one thing that, uh, that was really neat. And one really funny story that I found was when I was learning the nervous system, uh, you know, one part of your nervous system is electrons, right? It's, it's all electricity. So that was easy for me. So then I begged the professor to teach me the other part of the system. And when she was all done teaching, I said, oh, so it's like a float switch on your toilet and (laughs) I guess it is like a float switch on your toilet. So indeed, um, the two have gone hand in hand as much as we wouldn't want to, or or wouldn't think that they might go hand in hand, but uh, they do, they do bounce off of each other. And I enjoy that aspect of it.
0: That's really amazing. Yeah. I would not have thought that there was so much crossover between those two seemingly very different subjects.
2: Yeah. Oh, and that's one thing that's, I really allowed me to stay in both too, right. Just be able to bounce back and forth. There's a lot of fluidity. And, and one thing that I find if I get really heavy into to psych theory, um, then I just go build something. <laughs> so then it allows the other part of my brain to work and uh, provide some respite. So, and vice versa, if I, if I've been working 16 hours a day um, or, you know, on those long shifts, when lots of furnaces go out, then it's nice to just read some psych theory. So,
0: so both each provides a little bit of stress relief for the other.
2: Indeed. Yep.
0: Um, I want to, uh, I guess, jump back a little bit in talking about the two programs that we were talking about earlier. And maybe, I know you discussed some of the benefits to the community, but maybe, and I'll throw this out to both of you, but some of the benefits that you see of trades programs to the community.
1: I'll start with that. What we're always asked in education is, can you get us uh, or help us develop critical thinkers? That's probably the one thing that every career, every job, I need a critical thinker. I need, I need to be able to send somebody a project or do something and have them just work their way through it without always coming back to me. A trade does that um, better than any other type of training that I know of. There's no other way that you can be sent out, like uh, Josh mentioned, go, go work on a furnace. You're in a remote location. You don't have the uh, prof or you don't have your supervisor there. You're expected to diagnose it, fix it, and, uh, and also make the customer happy with, with personal, uh, the personal touch as well. So it does touch on all the aspects of what you're required to do, right from uh, making sure that you got logistics, planning your day, that you can get to all the jobs. You show up at the job, you can go in and properly uh, uh, diagnose it and then convey what needs to happen to the customer and ensure that they're, that they are uh, happy with what you've given them. Uh, So that is what I would call the critical thinking right from the very beginning. And you can take that and apply that in so many areas. And I think that's what, what these other programs like women building futures and B test. And um, right now we also have, I, I think we are working with, at least five different wind companies uh, doing different training aspects for them as well, because we have such a great shop here and all the equipment. Um, they're all coming to us because they've seen what we can do and they and they want those type of learners. And so I think we're seeing more and more industry gravitating even to the apprenticeship style of, of training. And the government is actually pushing it. They've asked for more suggestions on what other careers can be done in an apprenticeship style training. Uh, because they're seeing success of of developing critical thinkers and and putting them back into society where they are those high functioning uh, high output individuals that are driving the economy. and they're the ones that are are keeping this uh, province and, and country moving forward.
2: Yeah, just to add to that, Sheldon, I think that when it comes to uh, developing critical thinkers and reflect on both my experience in the trade and in academia, Um, the, the whole goal of academia is to create by the end of your four-year degree, a critical thinker. And, and you do get that, uh, for electricians in particular, speaking to that trade, um, as that's my experience, but that's what I got in the first two months. Um, going back to what Sheldon said, you're thrown into these situations where it's, you have to figure this out and it's all dependent on you, whether the power comes on and somebody's warm. That's your job, which is neat because now you can use that to assess other situations in life. When it comes to the academia formula, one thing that really fostered my critical thinking skills in academia was doing work in labs and not everyone gets that opportunity. You might have the opportunity to uh, write papers on something, to analyze a a critical piece, you know, writing of somebody else, whether it's an English piece or, or a paper. And so you're trying to challenge those ideas and it can become a little bit muddled. If you're still trying to understand the theory, you know, how do you challenge somebody else's writing if you don't fully understand the theory? And that's what one of the point of academia is, is to get them to that point to know, here's all the theory. This is the good stuff. Now you can critically analyze it. And what's nice about the trades is the theory component is a lot less. And so you can get to that critical thinking aspect a lot quicker um, and then be able to have that production of uh, results a lot faster. And And once again, being in both bouncing back and forth, just really was instrumental in my learning uh, and has been to look at well, where are the gaps in knowledge in academia? Uh, where are the gaps in knowledge and how we teach in the trades, right? And how we do trades, you know, how, when you're hooking up a motor, is that the most effective way to hook up that motor? And if it is great, if not, well, let's try and, let's try and figure out a better way or, or pipe a, a system, those types of things. So the, the way that we can look to the community and, and grab more from the community is, I think being able to have the door open uh, sooner than later, right? Mm -hmm. inviting people to take opportunity to get involved in trades and say, hey, you know what, here's something that will help you gain life skills. And then you go to academia for afterwards if you want. Sure. But I think opening that door early and often is critical in getting the community involved.
0: That's a great point, Josh. And, and I think that people tend to sort of think of trades and academia a little bit separately and, you know, you go into one or you go in the other, but I really like your point about how you, you know, you can actually combine the two.
2: Yeah. And I I found once again, that it's not exclusive to my own experience, but those of us who have done both um, and sometimes it's been the opposite. Sometimes it's people have gone into academia, like Sheldon was saying, and then, you know, now you're, you're older and, Nope, I just want to trade. So you can do that. But once again, they really can complement each other um, if we stay open-minded to those types of experiences.
0: How does someone decide which way to go, which trade? It seems like there's a lot of options and a lot of opportunity. How how does someone coming into it, whether they're a a young student right out of high school or whether they're a mature learner, how do they make that decision?
2: I, I think the best way is, just look at what, what are you curious about? What are you interested in and follow that? Uh, are you curious about electrical systems? Sure. Is there, is there an opportunity right now for you in plumbing go for it? And as a, as, especially those in high school um, for myself, I did drywall when I was 14, 15, um, and then moved into uh, more construction type like carpentry, trades when I was 17, 18. So, you know, I've just had this progression in the trade of, well, I like that. I didn't like that. And then I just moved through and when electrical hit, uh, it resounded with me. So I think that that's once again, a nice thing about the trades is that you don't have to be married to any one trade. Um, In fact, before I started teaching at the college here, I was getting a second ticket as an HVAC technician. And so, yeah, it's, always opportunity to bounce around.
1: And I would agree with that. Uh, I myself also have three journeyman tickets. They're all fairly related though. They were in the, in mechanics field, but lots of times you, you, you hear of somebody doing something or you see something or you have a relative. That's lots of times how you start getting attracted to something particular, but you could also go on a research on, on the, uh, trade secrets government site we have over 50 trades and occupations and lots of them people are not aware of but there is a pretty good description on each one of them if you if you take the time to read them and if some of those descriptions resonate with you then then that's what you can do right now we know there's going to be a there is a huge shortage of tradespeople in the province and it's projected to do nothing but grow that shortage um there we have companies calling, can you find me this? Can you help put up a notice on that? There is, if you're willing to work, there is no shortage of jobs in the trades and uh, you can definitely pick one and, and there's going to be new trades. Uh, there's new things coming out every day. When I, when I started uh, most mechanics trades were kind of combined and in heavy equipment alone, there's three branches now, just because of the type of how much it's growing and same with agriculture, it's, it's got its own branch and they were all combined. But because of the growth and the excitement that's being happening within those, all those different areas, uh, there's going to be new trades tomorrow that we haven't even thought of and, and they're continually changing. So it's an exciting, uh, space to be in and, and industry recognizes that they they see it's the great right way to train. There's companies out there that are offering, uh, Tool bonuses. If you have come up or developed a tool to do a job, uh, to help you get a job done quicker, they'll pay it, uh, buy it from you, patent it, and give you a royalty. And I've known several that have done that. And that's just the type of thinking and things that that the trades offer. You develop something, you can earn the rewards of doing it.
0: That's fantastic. You've mentioned several things there that are that are quite exciting. We'll put a link to the website that you mentioned in the show notes um, because I think you know maybe a lot of people don't realize just how many trades are out there and the type of opportunities that are available. So that's really wonderful for people to, to know about that and learn about that.
1: It's probably the most affordable education you will ever take. Uh, people can come out of trades training with zero, uh, debt, or they can use, uh, uh, their trade to put them through the other types of schooling, like Josh had mentioned, because uh, the grants and the incentives and loans that are out there for apprentices are, and, and scholarships are staggering right now of trying to track people in. So it's, it, if someone says they can't afford it, um, they haven't really looked at it because
2: you can't afford not to. That's right. Yeah, I had all of my school paid for in trades. It was fantastic. But <laughs> my academia? Uh-uh. I st- still owe a few pennies on that one. So it's the best free schooling you can get.
0: <laughs> that's a great point. And that, that's wonderful for young people to know and, and to really seriously consider.
1: Well, I have told quite a few, there's quite a few that need a gap year. They come out of school or they come out of something. They're not sure what they do, what they wanna do for sure. I said, start a trade because at least it's going to something, you're paying something. And you know what, if you want to transition out of it, you will always have a summer job. You will always have jobs during breaks if you want to. And you always have something to fall back on if you want to. So even though it can be a standalone, really good career that you can do for your entire life, it can also be a way to to move on to something, to learn some skills and and prepare you for your next career.
0: Yeah, there's really a lot more than meets the eye because... You know, for students that want to continue in with their trade, as you've mentioned, there's so many different ways that they could go with that and grow with that and continue to learn. It's not just, you know, necessarily to get into a trade and stay with it. They can keep advancing and learning and and go all kinds of directions.
1: If you want to get into uh, education and teaching, if you have a trade, there are school districts that will actually pay you to go back and get your ed degree. Uh, because they need that so desperately in the school system. Uh, I know several that have done that. Uh, they've had it paid for and they've gone on or they've had a trade and they've gone and, done, uh, gone and got their education degree on their own and they are employed instantly because uh, it's very hard to find that type of person to teach some of the CTS courses and to teach some of those other uh, and, and get accreditation through the uh, apprenticeship style of, of training. So you can be in demand that way as well.
0: Yeah, so there's really quite a lot of flexibility for for a student.
1: Yes, there sure is.
0: I want to talk now a little bit about innovation. We uh, we're always curious to know what is innovative in in different fields, and so I know when we're talking trades, we're talking a pretty broad range. But but what does innovation look like?
2: Oh my goodness, yeah. So I uh, I remember wiring one of the uh, like a smart home what what Sheldon's talking about. And, and that was, that was over 10 years ago. And the the technology that we've put into that home, I apologize to the owner is so antiquated now because of what they've come up with. It's amazing just to see uh, how you can turn lights on wirelessly. You know, when I was wiring this so-called smart home, we had to hardwire a lot of things still. Um, And then we were using, these other components of wireless technology, but now it's just a plug and play scenario, get power there and you're all good. You can control it from anywhere. I could be in Cuba and be like, is my garage door open? Oh, better close it type of a scenario, which is amazing. And then the technology with solar and, and wind and the the innovations that are coming out there, trying to make it feasible for for homeowners in particular to get into the market and not have to, look at a 25 year return on investment, which is which is just unaffordable for most people. And so trying to get these quick ROIs and, and say, okay, if I put this garbage can looking like thing out on my lawn, which is actually a wind turbine, then I can generate power for my house. I literally, it's this company out of uh, Utah that just came up with that. As we speak, they, they're not, it's in prototype right now and they hope to get it on the market uh, next year. Just powerful, powerful pieces of technology that when I was taking my electrical schooling, no, I wasn't taught about wind. It's like it exists, and that's for Vestas or those other companies <laughs> to, to do. Um, but that's that's a, a distance away where now, no, this is everything that you can do, you, um, and you you have to be familiar with it right in your own home. So, so much innovation is going on that even as a base trade, um, you know, you could say a base electrician, that knowledge and that, um, acquisition of skills is so much greater than even when I started. So yeah, it's, it's fantastic.
0: I love that connection. Um, also with sustainability and, you know, I would love to be able to, to run my house on solar or wind, but yeah, traditionally I've thought it's just not affordable, even though I'd love to do it. So that's really exciting to hear that.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of drive for that, because even look at the, the battery capacities and the type of battery uh, technology that's starting to come out. Uh, electric vehicles, the ranges are, are growing to where they might be, uh, where you can actually use them to, to make longer trips. And that's all built on the same technology. So the innovation is, is continuing to grow. And, and uh, as a tradesperson, you are always reading or learning or seeing what the next thing is. And what you're going to have to uh, work on, uh, and and the trades are merging and combining. You talk about just electric vehicles now. You need electricians and make and uh, uh, automotive service technicians or heavy equipment technicians working hand in hand with the electricians uh, because it's all overlapping. And, and same with networking specialists and and all kinds of things. It's it's just um, all becoming more and more integrated. And you you just. You can never get bored because the next thing's coming. And as soon as you think you know it all, there's a next thing that comes. So there is no such thing as as knowing it all.
0: That's really exciting here. I was, as you were speaking, I was thinking my my brother is a heavy duty mechanic and he went to school a long time ago, many years ago, but um, he always had an interest in being a firefighter. And so in the last five years, he's joined the volunteer firefighter program where he lives. And because he's a heavy duty mechanic, Recently, they've had him starting to work on the fire trucks and and purchasing new fire trucks. And, and so, you know, his lifelong learning has continued with now applying his heavy duty mechanic work to fixing fire trucks.
1: Yeah, and they're not that simple anymore. Uh, fire truck can is not just a, a pump anymore. It, it can do all kinds of uh, data recovery. They're doing all kinds of things with those as well. So yeah, no, it's, it's quite interesting all the different aspects and, and where it will lead you. Uh, as a technician, um, I won't say how many years ago, but a long time ago, I never thought that I would actually be the Dean of Trades at Lethbridge College. Uh, but the course that it that it took me uh, provided me these great opportunities. And I've enjoyed all the steps and I've enjoyed learning all the different uh, aspects of it. So you really don't know where it can take you. You just, uh, you can follow it and keep following your passions within those trades, and it can take you as far as you would like to go.
0: That's wonderful. That's fantastic and, and really exciting for both new students and parents and, and mature students who are lifelong learners. That's great to hear that.
1: One other just quick note, uh, and, and we, as tradespeople, probably joke about it a lot. If you have a trade, you will never have a shortage of friends. It's like the guy with the truck when there's movers come. Uh, moving time comes you will never have a shortage of friends
2: if you know how to do a trade (laughs) that is no joke that Uh, is so the truth yep and they just keep coming out of the woodwork
1: (laughs) (laughs) people think that if you can't do something else take a trade Uh, not everyone thinks that but there is some some general perception of that and parents sometimes try to steer their their kids into uh, Maybe more, more traditional university type ways or some of that. But I think we need to change the perception that really it is, they are high paying jobs and you come out with no debt and the your opportunities are limited, limitless where you can grow what you can do. I just think we need to be more open to that as a, as a society and open to that even in our uh, school systems. Uh, lots of them don't realize the opportunities trades have because they've never gone through that system. The the teachers go through university and go back and become teachers, so they've never been exposed to some of that. Unless they have something break down, and then they sure like a trade. But uh, I just think the perception needs to change that the trades are for everybody, uh, the top academic right down to. Uh, anybody can can be very successful in the trade. And we need all levels and all all statuses uh, of people in their learning abilities in the trades.
0: That's a really great point about teachers too, because, um, you know, many teachers, of course, in order to become a teacher come from that academic background. But uh, yeah, that's a really great point to have more exposure
2: to the trades to understand that. Josh, were you going to add to that? Yeah, sure. Um, That was, just echoing Sheldon's comment, uh, it's an important thing to remove stigma, you know, in, in the, especially in 2021, now 2022, we've talked a lot about stigma over the past couple of years. We've talked about, uh, different social justice issues. And I think that, um, understanding that trades and, and getting a skilled ticket in something is so valuable for life and lifelong learning. Um, even if it's where you start or where you end or where it's in the middle for you, that doesn't matter. What matters is that this is a part of a great community of individuals that I can rely on for anything. You know, yeah, Sheldon's a mechanic and I'm an electrician. Who do you think I'm going to call to do my mechanic? stuff. It's not, it'll be Sheldon. Right. And so you build this really neat community of people that you're involved in. And so life, because you have community, um, can be a little bit easier, right. As we help lift each other up, especially during times like the, the pandemic, you know, I've had people call me and when you're the only person they've seen for a while, that's impactful, right. because they've been locked down. And so, but they're once again, furnace breaks down or something, then you have to show up and you you're there. Um, and you're the one that they get to talk to. So you can make a really significant impact in the lives of people as a tradesperson, And that's what I love about it. And trying to get rid of that stigma of, of it's the second hand thing that you do, or it's this other thing that you do. Um, yeah. I'd like Sheldon would just like to get rid of that idea entirely. So are there some initiatives or
0: programs or how do you see this changing? What's a way to kind of get that message out to people?
1: I think one of the interesting projects we're doing here at Lethbridge College is is, is what we're calling the STEM project. Uh, we're trying to integrate uh, trades type authentic learning into uh, primary and secondary schools and giving them actually training aids to the teachers so they can say when they're talking about electrical theory we got a little electrical diagram or, or a breadboard we call them where they can actually build a light circuit or when they're talking about friction and heat they can look at what brake pads do so when they when they have authentic type learning it will help the students actually understand why they're learning some of this and add some context to it and the, and the trades provide that uh, so much better than a lot of other theoretical type areas. So we're excited to be working on a project with that, with one of the school divisions, and we're doing a pilot project and it's getting closer to being done. And then we're hoping to move that through all the trades and throughout the province. So I think that is one way is is educating our, our uh, youth and our young kids of what a trade is and, and why these things matter. And then they actually understand they're learning a lot better as well.
2: Yeah. The other program is the rap program that already exists. Um, so this, this program that, um, high school students can register as apprentices, uh, and then by the time that they graduate, have their first or second, or perhaps even third year completed in a trade. So, you know, you're 18, 17, 18, 19 years old graduating and, and you've got a year or two left before you're done like that's, And then, and then you're making some serious money. Right. And so if you want to go pursue university beyond that, we'll have her because you're going to be able to provide for yourself and not have to take out, you know, 50 or 60 or $70,000 in student loans because you're able to pay, um, upfront. And so, yeah, programs like that are, are fantastic.
1: Yeah, with that rap program through the high school, uh, we have uh, we've had several come through that have done all their rap hours like Josh St. and they're like 19, 20 years old and they're making like $40 an hour or 45 with no school debt. That's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. That's that's really amazing. Um and I love the idea that you know that a student can embark on that right from high school. And then Sheldon, I also love your point about how this works for many learners. you know this type of learning, um, it's relevant for learners and um, for many learners, it's it's really the best way that they learn as well.
1: Uh, yeah, correct. Lots of us are tactile learners. We like to get our hands on stuff. We like to see what the moving parts are. We like to learn that way. And, and with the apprenticeship model, you come to school, it's a very intensive eight weeks or, or some some years are up to 10 or 12 weeks. Uh, it's very intensive, but then you're also taking that learning and, and doing it on the job before you return so that you're honing, you're learning more from experienced journeymen in the field. And then you come back and you do some more schooling. Uh, it, it's a great way to do it. Um, it it provides the hands-on with the theory in a way that's manageable.
0: Um, you've mentioned, uh, both of you have mentioned programs with the high schools and programs that are really um, wonderful for lifelong learners. I wonder if you want to also touch on um, any of the collaborations or connections uh, with industry.
1: Uh, sure, so apprenticeship is connection with industry. So basically it's a three-way contract between the uh, the, the learner, uh, their employer and then the Alberta apprenticeship. Uh, and then we come in as the training provider. So it's a three-way contract right from the beginning of their learning. The other thing that uh, that you can tell, when we built the building here, this uh, $80 million extension, industry was so supportive, they, they were huge don- donators to this uh, cause. It was over half done by donations. So you know how involved uh, uh, the industry is. The industry also sets the curriculum. So we have advisory uh, for our college programs. We have program advisories, but provincially, it is also the curriculum is set by industry so they have a group they come together from whatever industry it is they say hey we need your learners to know this now we're seeing this we need them to do it so we're updating our curriculum constantly to meet the needs of industry so so if you want to know what relevant curriculum is it's a trade it's being updated constantly with the changing demands And we can't say that in every other thing that we offer because some of that uh, curriculum's been around a long time. But industry says, this is what we need. We react and we start uh, teaching that right away. So I think when you look at that, there is no clearer line than industry development. And also if we have a new industry, so when wind started coming out, uh, Lethbridge College is the only one in Western Canada that's offering wind training. The next closest one is St. Lawrence College and then down east is Holland College. Uh, But when industry says, hey, we have this need, we are there to develop it. And that's a a very cool thing about a trade. If there's a need, uh, people become uh, attuned to it and start uh, developing what it takes to provide those uh, industries with the people they need.
0: So there's a a lot of very close connection with, industry and with what students are learning in the classroom
1: yeah it's validated on industry exams even uh pandemic changed that slightly where industry exams we couldn't really write it but but they are provincial type exams that you're compared to the whole province so you need to be at a certain level provincially and able to become a journeyman and and i think that's uh pretty incredible when you think about some of it, that you're held to a pretty high standard coming out. And uh, you need to know, I, I use as an example, do you want somebody to actually only know 50% of your breaks uh, when they're doing it? I don't think that's a, a very good idea. So even our pass rates are higher than any other. Uh, you have to have a 70% pass rate in, in your provincial exams and 65% in your college to even uh, be considered uh, eligible to continue. So our standards are
2: quite high.
0: Josh, did you want to add anything to that?
2: Oh, sure. Just one more exam, the (laughs) interprovincial. So uh, that was for electrical trades in particular. That's how I was able to teach in BC um, and how my trade was recognized there. Uh, And so I took the interprovincial and did well. And then when was asked, you know, are you trained in BC? Nope. But I took the interprovincial. They're like, okay, that's good. That's what we need to know, which it shows competency across all provinces except Quebec. But, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, having those standardized type tests where we can say, here's our mark, here's our benchmark. And, and if you don't pass, then come try again. You know what? Try, 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 try. Um, but that's the thing you, you have to meet that mark because like Shellen said, you don't want somebody who doesn't know, only knows 50% brakes or only knows 50% electrical or 50% of your furnace, because that's not helpful, right? So I think that, uh, yeah.
1: On that same note, that that red seal, uh, what he was talking about, which is interprovincial, it's actually recognized worldwide. Uh, we have one of the best training uh, systems in the world, and, and most countries will recognize our red seal. So that is one more accreditation you can get above your your Alberta journeyman is to be a red seal technician uh, or red seal chef, if you hear that advertised in some of the restaurants or, or or even a red red seal hairstylist. Uh, that means that you have achieved even the next level and you're competent in any province um, to go work or multiple countries that, that recognize that so. When we say that your pathways are wide open, they are wide open because a, a career will, and a trade will provide you those opportunities to to go where you'd like to go as well.
0: Yeah, so students can take their credential and and go anywhere in the world with it. Yes. So the last thing that we always ask our guests on the podcast is about something that you've loved learning lately. As educators, we tend to be lifelong learners um so whoever would like to go first i'll give you a second to think about something that you've really loved learning lately and that could be could be anything
1: for me i I loved reading some of the recent studies that came out that uh we learned a lot of new things and a lot of new ways to do things through the pandemic and we offered a lot of great things but when it comes down to it uh people still missed the interaction and they still like to come and they still like to see people And I thought that very fascinating as people, uh, we still like people and we still want to be around. And I think uh, that is great for for us that like to have our labs and stuff in person and and we like to be around people. I I found that encouraging because there at the beginning, I'll be honest, I kind of liked not seeing anybody for a little bit. (laughs) And then it was like, oh, you know what? I kind of, I do kind of miss it. So I, I thought reading and learning that I wasn't the only one that was down those lines. I, I found that pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. We, we are social creatures,
2: I guess, after all. Hey, indeed. And Josh, what about for you? Um, so mine, it's really fun uh, because I do electrical and psychology. Um, one thing that I've been learning lately is not related to either of those. I've been really getting into um, fitness and uh, exercise and how to, What's my what's my FTP and all this stuff meaning? And that's not even the thing that I'm really enjoying learning because while I'm doing all this fitness learning, uh, which has been fantastic and and understanding how my body works um and make it work better and fuel it properly, uh, I've been listening to um Lord of the Rings and the Semerillion. So the, the thing that I've loved learning is fantasy worlds <laughs> and coming to know this land that doesn't exist uh, is a perfect escape for all the things that that uh, I don't have time for. So it's so good just to learn and, and to use that escape literature for um, respite, for relaxation, and for curiosity, it really fosters, oh, well, why did he write it like this? And why did people think Tolkien was so boring? Well, oh, this is why. Okay, I understand. <laughs> and, but then why do others think he's so riveting? Oh, okay, this is why. Right. So that's just understanding that and, and coming to learn new worlds. Totally, totally in the fantasy world of things. And I've loved it. So.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. And a completely different direction from your other two interests. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been really enjoyable and really interesting. And uh, I just, thanks again for joining us.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thanks again.
0: This episode featured Donna McLaughlin as host and Sheldon Anderson and Joshua Hill as guests. Jordana Gagnon was our producer. Ryan Robinson was our sound technician and editor. Thank you also to Daryl Benebeck, Joel Godry, Kelsey Jansen, Tyler Wall, and Jamin Heller, for their ongoing support and expertise. Our podcast is funded by Lethbridge College's Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation and recorded on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. For more information and inspiration, check out learninginnovation.ca. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and follow us on your chosen platform. Thanks for listening and take care.